This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL Chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 1057 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 1057 The Fan. And we know now the divisional round Ravens will play the Houston Texans Saturday at 4.30 p.m. here in uh, Baltimore at uh, M&T Bank Stadium. But obviously there were five other games that were played. So let's start with the Texans as they hosted the Cleveland Browns. And Cordell, you know, I am a victim of just allow not allowing things to play out because if you would have told me that the Texans were going to beat down the Browns the way that they did, I would have called you a liar. Okay. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I was absolutely planning on the Browns to advance to get to Baltimore in the, the old versus new matchup. And not because I didn't trust CJ Stroud, who has been uh, phenomenal. I felt like that there were some weaknesses that were going to be exposed by the Browns. And it had nothing to do with the first outing because we talked about this before. Case Keenum was the quarterback when they played the Texans on Christmas Eve. Will Anderson also didn't play. So it wasn't like I thought that there was going to be a repeat. Oh, and by the way, Amari Cooper had those 265 yards, which, by the way, everybody, Cordell beat me down to the ground (laughs) in fantasy football as a result of that game. Thank you, Amari Cooper. Right. By the way. Uh, Anyway, um, so it wasn't that. It wasn't like I felt like that was going to be a repeat, right? But I I did feel like that Cleveland had a balance that I didn't think that the Houston Texans had. And boy, was I wrong about that. Yeah, uh, (laughs) I think this was was one of those toss-up games of the weekend for me. Um, I, I felt like I could make an argument for 
uh, a reason why I thought both teams could win. Um, right. And like you, I, I had all but kind of locked it up in my mind that the Browns were coming to Baltimore and we were going to get Joe versus Lamar and it was just going to be a crazy week. Um, but, you know, I, one of the things that I kept saying when I mentioned the Texans uh, was obviously C.J. Stroud and what he can do on that offense. But, I mean, it was put on full display um, on Saturday. And one of the things we talked about the, the Texans defense and um, about how you can run on them and you really can't trust their defense. That that was the one thing we, we definitely mentioned. And um, But I did – the one thing that I did say about that Texans defense, though, is that they do get takeaways. And that's exactly what they got against Joe Flacco, the back-to-back pick sixes that they had against him. I mean, those were back-breaking plays at yep. the time to go along with their offense who was unstoppable uh, all game. I mean – I didn't even know Miles Garrett played in a game. I thought Laramie Tunsil looked like the best left tackle in football on on in that game on Saturday. Um, so, uh, look, you know, obviously the Texans are the team coming to town now. Um, th- this isn't going to be a cakewalk. I know everybody's going to look at there's a rookie quarterback coming in and um, the, the fact that the Ravens beat them week one. Look, I'm not sitting here trying to talk people out of picking the Ravens. I'm going to pick the Ravens. I mean, everybody should. Um, but this isn't going to, they're, they're here for a reason. They're here for a yep. reason. And and yep. I, I look at this Texans team and I can't help but feel like I'm watching the old Texans teams with Deshaun Watson and those guys, the way that they used to throw the ball all around the field and have kind of like that air raid offense and 60 yard touchdowns and stuff like that. It, it looks eerily similar to the way that it did back then. So this is definitely going to be a team that, um, puts a lot of pressure on this Ravens defense that has been vulnerable a little bit on the back end of the season. Um, I had Jonah Schaefer on my show on Monday, and he made a good point that the Ravens defense down the stretch of the season relied on a lot of big plays, a lot of takeaways, a, you know, a, a lot of uh, uh, losses of yardage plays, tackles for loss, sacks, what have you. Um, but teams were able to move the ball on them. So I am curious to see how this looks because as great as Ben uh, Mike McDonald has been this year, I think he's been the best defensive coordinator in football this year. I think you can make the argument that the Texans offensive coordinator has been probably one of the best offensive coordinators in his own right. So we haven't seen many offensive coordinators come and play the Ravens and kind of not look lost. So I'm curious to see what that battle looks like. Uh, all in all, though, I mean, I don't expect the, the Texans defense to travel to Baltimore. Ultimately, that's why I will be picking the Ravens. Um, I, I think the Ravens will be able to move the ball on them pretty pretty easily for the most part. And if they take care of the ball, I, I just don't see how the Texans win. But offensively, they're a juggernaut right now. And uh, C.J. Stroud's playing with a ton of confidence. I think Nico Collins is a stud. And what's lost in the sauce is that they can run the ball. They've been able to run the ball when they want to. Devin Singletary is running the ball really well right now. He's great out of the backfield in the passing game. So I, I, I think the obviously the matchup will be that offense versus this Ravens defense uh, because I think if the Ravens offense takes care of the ball, they'll be fine. I agree with that. So, uh, yeah, that, was, that one was a, a doozy, to say the least. Having two pick sixes back-to-back. It's just always going to be back-breaking, and it's very hard to overcome that, particularly with a guy like Joe Flacco, which, mm-hmm. no disrespect, Joe had a phenomenal season mm-hmm. prior to that game with the Browns. But 
You know, he can't really move around. And then the offensive play call-in was questionable at best, in my opinion. They went one-dimensional. Um, I mean, you, you, yeah, you, it was you very weird. Quarterback out, you got to help them out. They they went out there and just determined to throw the ball sixty times, and they yeah, it, 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 it was unreal how how the, the there was zero balance in that game very early on, and then mm-hmm. when it was out of hand, they decided to run. Just very weird. All right, um, next game that we saw from the AFC Dolphins at Chiefs. Yeah. Kind of went the way that we thought, you know. The Dolphins are can't they, they not they're a finesse team. Mm-hmm. Um, in the playoffs, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion. The teams that are in all kinds of weather are the teams that will last in, in that regard. Now, see, the Rams was a situation where they were very good a couple years ago, and then they just so happened to play in their own stadium. Same thing with the Bucks, right? So those types of, they, they got things that happen in their favor. But when it comes to the AFC, in my opinion, um, the teams that are in the trenches that are out there in bad weather and out there, you know, all types of, uh, all four seasons are the teams that typically last the most. And, and based on my theory, I don't think that I'm wrong. You had the Chiefs, you had the Bengals, the Chiefs, you know, so here we are, uh, the Chiefs, and sub-freezing temperatures, and uh, Miami just looked like that they were ready to go to Cancun. Dog. Yeah. I mean, with Cabo, whichever one you like to go to, the best. Pick your pick your poison. West Coast, yeah, Pacific, Atlantic, whatever part of Mexico you like, it doesn't matter. You was ready to go, and they didn't want to tackle nobody. And mm-hmm. at some point, finally, somebody from the Chiefs Rice had a consistent catching day, a huge day, and that led to the Chiefs' victory over the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I think we all figured that the Chiefs would win. In the back of my mind, I did give the Dolphins a shot. I even tweeted it um, just because the Chiefs struggled to catch the ball all year. I mean, we saw them literally lose games due to them not being able to catch the ball down the stretch, and the Dolphins have been able to do that. And I thought the Dolphins would be more balanced. We talked about the Browns going one-dimensional. The Dolphins were as well, got literally nothing, nothing out of their run game. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in that game against the Chiefs. I mean, Raheem Mostert, eight carries, 33 yards. Devon A-Chain, six carries, nine yards. A lot of it was great tackling by the Chiefs. Um, they did a really good job wrapping these guys up, sealing the edges, not letting them get off tackle. Um, and Tua just, he, he he didn't, you know, the game plan didn't help him. I think I think Mike McD- Mike uh Mike McDaniels had a issue with the play calling as well in his own right, but Tua just seemed tense, didn't take any chances. He was content on checking it down, and yep. um, I, I I just didn't it didn't feel like the Dolphins were there to win. They were there just because they had to be. Uh, the Chiefs, on the other hand, Patrick Mahomes, man, I mean, you could tell he did not want to lose that game. I mean, he was. From the from the jump, uh, credit to Andy Reid and those guys. They put the ball in Mahomes' hands early and allowed him to throw the ball, and he did throw the ball really well in those conditions. Um, like you said, Rasheed Rice came through in a big way: eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Travis Kelsey seven catches, 71 yards. He he's the one that had a couple of the drops in the game. I think he had about two or three drops in that game. But Pacheco, 24 carries for him, has a touchdown. I mean. They've got the formula. The defense is playing well. They look really good. They look really good in that game. Um, so, you know, it, it, that's another reminder of 
the playoffs start a whole new season. And Absolutely. until you get those dudes out, you can't sleep on them. They're champions right. for a reason, and you got to give them their respect. They they looked really good on Saturday. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, and and look, this is the this is still the Super Bowl champions. So it is what it is. You know, they're going to find a way to try to to break through. And so they did that. And I ain't going to hold y'all to ain't it. Okay. Uh, so um, his fifth year uh, option has been exercised, but I, I don't, I, if they give him a loan, I don't see a loan. Do. I mean, what, where, what are your, uh, you, you, the, in this day and age, you're like paying so that you don't have to restart. And I don't think he's, we got to remember it was his first playoff game. I, I just think. For sure. It's it's you, you got to be absolutely sure before you're ready to go back out there and start playing Russian roulette at quarterback again. He's good enough to keep, but I agree. I mean, he he looked tense. He he, he didn't look like himself. Uh, he doesn't want to run, understandably so, right. because of the concussions that he had. I'm just make look. Tua is a little limited as far as I'm concerned. He can get you to a certain place, but I don't know if he can take you to the promised land. He's gonna have to show me. So uh, there's that. Um, on Monday night, we know that the game got moved <clears throat> from Sunday to Monday. Uh, Steelers and Bills and uh, uh, Josh Allstott Allen uh, came back out doing his thing like he normally does, running around and and you know I'm the, hopefully that's quarterbacky enough for some people, but you know it is what it is. So uh, one the game that I, I think that we all agree with. I just find it funny that. Hey, they still gave up 17 points to the Steelers, same amount of points that the Ravens gave up uh, with guys that just really weren't interested in playing football that day because they had already won the number one seed and uh, they had nothing to play for at that point. So uh, interesting part of kind of how that went uh, because the Steelers did show up in the second half, just wasn't enough to overcome. Yeah, I I mean, the better team won. Yeah. Um, got to a point to where Pittsburgh needed Mason Rudolph to actually make some throws. And that's where you knew they were in trouble. Um, <laughs> right. They not an efficient day on the ground for Pittsburgh. And uh, that that's kind of been their calling card down the stretch, that three game win streak. They went on to finish the season. They did it by running the football. Najee Harris specifically only 37 yards on the ground for Najee. Uh, Jalen Warren probably needed to be the main guy in that mm-hmm. game as he was averaging almost five yards a carry. Yep. Um, but yeah, Josh Allen, I mean, he is scary good when he's good. That That's really what this tells me. Um, 21 for 30, a little over 200 yards, three touchdowns. Also had that rushing touchdown that you mentioned. He had 74 yards on the ground. I mean, he is so good. It's sickening. And, and I think that's why people get so frustrated with him when you see him have those off games where he's not taking care of the ball and he's just doing a lot of head-scratching things. Like, he he's very hot and cold. But I'm going to tell you, when you get good Josh Allen, good luck beating the Bills. That They, they are so dynamic because as good as Stephon Diggs is and as good as uh, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox are, like – they will spread the ball all over the field. We had what three different guys catch touchdown passes in this game. 
Um, they they do a Josh Allen does a really good job of getting all those guys involved, and he he doesn't make it so that you can just take Stefan Diggs away and try to force him to throw it to everybody else. He will do it. And when yeah. you combine that with them running the ball as well as they have been as of late, James Cook averaging a little over four yards a carry in that game, it's good enough. Um the defense, I like their defense enough. Uh, it's you know they mentioned a the stat during the game. Teams do not want to throw the ball down the field against Buffalo at all. So um, I, I like the Bills. They're a legit threat. I can't wait to see this matchup against the Chiefs. Ironically, James Cook is the brother of Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. who is now with the Ravens. So interesting, just just an interesting tidbit. I have no idea how any of this is going to play out, but as we know, they will be playing the Chiefs at home this weekend. So that's going to be fun to watch. When we come back, let's flip the script and talk about the NFC games that we we watched this weekend here on Winning Drive. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, NFC playoffs happened this weekend. Um, Yeah, man. <laughs> NFC East went out sad, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term, the NFC East went out very, very sad. Let's start with the Cowboys. Oh. Um, oh, thrashing, thrashing Green Bay Packers. First team, first seven seed team since they started the um seven teams to advance to the divisional round. So congrats to the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I think that you thought that this was a matchup issue, but I, I did not see this. I did not see the Jordan Love show turning into what it did. Don't even know who these dudes were he was throwing to, man. I mean, it was just <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, Dallas, once again, disappointing. You can't trust them. You can't trust Damn. them to do anything but be who they are in January. Yep. This is what I live for. I live for Cowboys <laughs> um, by any means. I mean, I, I, I love January because I know we're going to get some Cowboys comedy it came earlier than I thought. It came earlier yeah. than I thought. They're undefeated <laughs> at home. They're averaging close to 40 points a game at home. I mean, the Packers finished out the season hot, quietly. Nobody really talked a lot about the Packers because they kind of slid into the postseason. But mm-hmm. those dudes offensively and really as a team, because defensively they played really well down the stretch as well. But Jordan Love has been out of this world to fit, to finish the season. And you mentioned those receivers. I mean, a lot of people don't know who these guys are. And and Dontavian Wicks, nice touchdown grab by him. Romeo Dobbs, it was a thorn in the Cowboys' side all game. Uh, the Cowboys just, they just don't have it. And, and I said this to one of my Cowboys <laughs> friends. Don't have it. 
the the issue isn't even the team. They can say what they want about Dak, and I poke fun at Dak, and I poke fun at McCarthy and all those guys. I I don't like to fall into the trap, especially this time of year, of putting every loss on the quarterback. Everything isn't just on the quarterback. It's e- it's so easy to do that. But I think it, the the Cowboys seem to always have the most pressure on them than any other team in the NFL, no matter what the circumstances are. This is a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl since, what, 95? Yet they yep. have the most pressure on them every year. That's because of Jerry Jones, and that's because of their fan base. They, put, they make these games feel 10 times more uh, of a pressure situation than it should be. Playing in January is already pressure, but they they just make it unbearable for these guys, and I think that's why they keep coming up small. Yeah, I I, I despise Jerry Jones. I don't even despise Cowboys fans the way that, you know, you, oh, you're from the D.C. area, so I understand. I completely understand. Yeah, Cowboys fans that I know that live in the Baltimore area are typically sensible people, and they they know their team. They, they're not – they don't get overhyped. They, they know who the Cowboys are. Um, I, I despise Jerry Jones. So anytime Jerry Jones uh, gets out of the picture, um, then that's a good day uh, for me. And so uh, all the Dak MVP conversations quieted up a little bit after that game, interesting enough. Uh, next game we saw was, to me, the game of the week, which was mm-hmm. the Rams and the Lions, the La- the Lions advance. <clears throat> One of, you know, the better storylines, both teams, it was a, basically a QB swap. Both QBs came from each other's former team. Uh, interesting enough, Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford gave uh, Detroit their first playoff win in 50-something years. But on the other side, how about that, right? So um, that game was very fun. Puka Nakua, <clears throat> sorry, Puka Nakua is a guy that, man, they couldn't do anything. Oh, 32 years, my bad, Spencer. I just made that up, I guess. You know what? I completely forgot. Excuse me, Barry Sanders, for disrespecting right. y'all going to the NFC Championship that mm-hmm. one year. I, I, I please, I humbly come to you apologizing about that because I, I did look. I literally just watched Bye Bye Barry not too long ago, so you would think I would remember, right? But anyway, um, you know, it's interesting to see how all that went with all the storylines that were wrapped around it and everything, and Puka Nakua, as great as the day that he had, and I knew that he would, nobody can stop Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. I really felt that there were some questionable uh, situations from Sean McVay and decision-making that uh, essentially led to them losing that game. But a good game, nonetheless, and congrats to the Lions. Best game of the weekend. I agree. I, I, this is another game where I thought coaching kind of did their team in. Another yep. young, great play caller. It's a lot of these great play callers looking bad this past weekend. Going away from the run early. I mean, Kyron Williams has been so good for the Rams all year when he's been healthy. To finish the game with only 13 carries, and most of those came in the second half. They were very one-dimensional in this game. And I get it. Stafford was hot. You want to put the ball in his hands and give Puka Nakua as many opportunities as you can, but you got to have some sort of balance on the road in these playoff situations. That's what the Lions do. They're a balanced team. 25 carries, 27 passes in this game, and they were good in both areas. Um, I've tweeted it out. I still don't believe in Detroit. I'm sorry. I don't. I think that they are. And they're going to make it to the NFC Championship, I think. They will. So. <laughs> they will. They will. Off of matchups. Off of matchups. And look, we, we I mean, we'll talk about the Bucks in a second, but I think a lot of people were surprised about that Bucks team that we got. Now, how much of that was just 
them playing against a fractured team. And like right. I said, I thought that what would be the difference in that game would be that the Bucks are just playing together as opposed to right. the Eagles seem to be playing individually. That's what that looked like. So I am curious to see what it looks like next week when the Bucks go to Detroit and play a, you know, a legit team. I think the Lions are good. I just don't think that they're good. And I mean, we could get to the NFC championship game and it could get ugly if they go have to go off to San Francisco. That's kind of my ceiling for them, but it's a great story for sure. I absolutely agree. And look, I, I'm rooting for them to make it to the NFC championship game. Um, Hey, even the Super Bowl, even. Good luck to y'all. But if the Ravens somehow find their way in Vegas, I'm not going to root for you then. So uh, there's that. And then the game that we were just uh, talking about, the Buccaneers game against the Eagles. They go to Philly. I mean, excuse me, go to Tampa. And it ended the way I think many of us thought. They were already out of gas, mm -hmm. lost five of their last six. Um, and it was over. It, it literally felt like it was over. A.J. Brown did not play due to a knee injury. And they were saying, well, he could potentially be available for the divisional round if he uh, if they advance. Hey, no, go ahead and make your plans. They're not going to advance, particularly without A.J. Brown. So happened the way that we thought. And um, season is over for Philly, man. And, and you're curious to know how this affects their offseason, if anybody's going to get fired as a result. But shout out to Tampa. Shout out to Baker Mayfield, who mm -hmm. leaves Cleveland. And get the playoff way before the Browns do. So yep. uh, interesting enough that yeah. uh, that storyline and, and the unit, the football universe gave Baker his first uh, playoff win in Tampa. Baker is a prime example of what I talk about when I say teams have to be careful about deciding to move on from these quarterbacks. You got to be yep. absolutely sure because if you look at the Browns, I mean. <laughs> They go move on from Baker and then they go and get Watson. And I mean, at a groundbreaking deal that pretty much resets the quarterback market to a degree. And it comes with a lot of controversy. You get a guy who's a shell of himself. He still hasn't gotten up to Deshaun Watson level of what we're used to seeing from him. And then Joe Flacco comes off the couch and is having better, has a better stretch than Deshaun Watson has had at all in Cleveland for the amount of money that they're paying him and Baker's doing nothing but flourishing, flourishing. And, and I thought Baker was got a, got a raw deal when he, when Cleveland kind of made him the scapegoat. I'm happy to see him doing what he's doing in Tampa Bay. And the reality is that game could have been worse. They had about four drops in yep. the first half. Uh, Evans himself had multiple drops himself. This game could have gotten really, really ugly. I don't think A.J. Brown would have made a difference in this game. If anything, he would have made it worse because we knew he would have had a hissy fit on the sideline. Dallas Goddard ends up having his own little moment on the sideline. It's, I'm just so sick of the Eagles. I'm sick of them. They're, they're just a fractured team that are divided, and I think it starts at the head coach. It would not surprise me if Sirianni is gone because – he had he brings no culture. He he they were hot that first year, it was great, but now I think you're starting to see the true colors. Everybody wants to talk about Jalen Hurts and stuff. This is again, I, I don't go straight to the quarterback when teams lose. I'm not saying Hurts played great, but he is not the reason that this team fell off a cliff. I think it's in its totality and it starts at the top. I I, I am, and I also want to say this too. <clears throat> While do, I do think that there's a, a been a small regression. For Jalen Hurts, I do think coaching did him no help mm -hmm. in terms of like 
the you know in terms of keep getting him back on track to what he was doing last year. That defense is terrible. Yep. Okay. Uh, Bradbury is terrible. They, they don't get past rush. They they don't. Um, they can't cover anybody. They can't so tackle. Can't tackle nobody. So while we're sitting here talking about this offense, what we really need to be having a conversation about is how far off this defense has fell. Uh, and shout out to Jason Kelsey. We obviously know the brother of mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, who um has decided that he will retire and announced his retirement um after the game. So those were the NFC games. Uh, and and we will see what the divisional round gives us. I like to think. See, for me, I think that the um, wild card weekends they t- it played out the way it was supposed to, like supposed to like. In my opinion, Cordell, mm-hmm. Wild Card Weekend is never really a good game weekend because the the, the teams that really kind of are just happy to be there always get exposed. Right. So the games aren't really that good. The divisional round, in my opinion, is when it gets spicy and starts to get better. Yeah, I mean, you look at look at the matchups. Look at the matchups. I mean, Chiefs, Bills, you know what you're going to get out of that. Yep. Ravens, Texans is the one that people are thinking is probably going to be the snooze game of the weekend, maybe between that and Detroit and Tampa Bay. Um, and maybe even Green Bay and, and San Francisco. That that could that could get ugly uh as well. Who knows, unless Jordan Love continues to stay hot. But um, I got we got some intriguing matchups this in the divisional rounds. And and yeah, I, I really didn't have too many surprises in the wild card. I yeah, same here. Um Okay, so there's two roster spots that open. Let's talk about that here on Winning Drive. <clears throat> so we had two roster spots uh, that we see come up for the Ravens. And uh, there's been a lot of talk in social media land about who those roster spots will go to. So let's break down process of elimination, Cordell, if you can. Dalvin Cook which I do believe will play at some point. I mean, it's too much talk about him potentially being a part of this offense. And look, it could be just smoke and mirrors. I, it could be. But I, I think that Dalvin Cook is a, still a good football player that went to a bad situation. That's my opinion. Um, I You don't need to put him as a spot because technically he's on a practice squad and you can just elevate him from the practice squad. So he doesn't technically go as a, a roster spot per se, right? Because he could just be elevated. There are guys that are coming off of IR and they're designated to return. Uh, we know there's Ardarius Washington, the defensive back. Devin DuVernay also is back. And Mark Andrews, we know, is back. So let's start. And, and, and if I'm missing anybody, please let me know. But those are the ones, those are the three to me that immediately come to mind as a result of these two roster spots being open. So let's boil down process of elimination. Do you think that Mark Andrews will be available to even play divisional weekend? I don't think so. Uh, just based off of what we saw from him on Friday, he was, you know, light jaw, um, no real burst. Um, not a long stretch of movement. You know, he's going maybe about three, four yards down the field, making some of those catches. He's, he's, he wasn't doing too much. He broke a light sweat. Um, so I don't, I don't think Mark will be the guy at least right now. Um, Duvernay is an intriguing one, especially with them letting go Treadwell. Um, yeah. you know, I would imagine that they, a, that I think that means something positive for Zay Flowers who hasn't been practicing in over a week 
Um, so that that was, I thought, a good sign about his progression right now with his injuries. Um, but I think it also maybe gives them the idea that Devin Duvernay is good to go. And if he is, you do wonder if he's going to take back over his return spots from Tylen Wallace. How is that going to go? Uh, we'll yep. see. Um, but then with Pepe going on the IR, now you have to figure out what your DB situation uh, yep. may end up being like because Worley's out. You know, Worley's gone. You now have Pepe out. Um, so they can they can play around with some things. I don't think Mark will be the guy brought up. If if it's my guess right now, it's probably going to be Duvernay. Um, like you mentioned, Dalvin Cook as well, who's on the practice squad. Um, so. His, he has a couple of elevations, but with yep. Melvin Gordon already on the active roster, they're not going to have four active running backs. On, so does know, one go down and one stay up? What, what do you think? Well, Gordon ha- would have to get cut because he's out of he's, out, he's of, out of elevations. Yeah. So they would. So with them not cutting Gordon with their recent moves, leads me to believe that there's a probably not a good chance that we're going to see Dalvin Cook this week. Um, because I feel like if that was going to be the case, they would have already gotten Gordon out to prepare for, for Cook. Um, but I, I, I could be wrong. We'll see what happens. Um, but, I, I, you know, they, they have a couple of different people that they can mix and match with. And, and I think it'll all be determined with how healthy some of these guys are as the week progresses. Har- Harbs told us on Monday that there will be some guys that are day to day. So we'll see. You know, I, I think as the week goes on, that'll probably determine the other spot. But I'm I'm fairly confident that Devin Duvernay will probably be one of those spots. You do, so what do we think about Washington being the second spot? Are we, oh well, Ar- Ardarius. I knew I was forgetting no. somebody. Ardarius. Yeah. So with Pepe going down, and like I mentioned, Worley, that would yep. in my mind kind of think that Ardarius could be the guy to kind of come in. He's played the nickel. He was the starting nickel to start the year. I mean, and he's played some safety as well, so it allows them to still use that big nickel package that they love where they have three safeties on the field um, at the same time. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see our Darius Washington, especially with the matchup that they have where they're going up against the Texas team that likes to spread you out, likes to throw the ball down the field. This is probably going to be a game where you want to have an extra DB out there. And look, you don't know how Marlon's going to be, you know, Marlon, you know, may not even make it through the game with some of the things that we've seen to this point this year with him and his health status and Kyle as well. I think Kyle will be okay. He was moving well last week. So we'll see this week, but I, I think that DB they at the DB position, they want to have some flexibility. I agree with that. So it will be interesting to see how this goes. I agree with you. I don't think that Mark Andrews plays. I think that there's some optimism from um, the Ravens flock about him playing. I just, I don't really feel like that we're in a position to see that happening at at least for the divisional round. I right. think that maybe that's a possibility for if they advance to the AFC championship game, but ultimately I just don't see um, that happening this week. And look, if that's the case, it'll be interesting how they, who, who they move around as a result, if he does return, because then somebody's going to have to, you know, move off mm-hmm. of the, the active roster. So um, be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, we will be watching this as well. I would like to think that there'll be some uh, information this week about who takes those two roster spots as we get closer to the divisional game on Saturday. On our next episode, we'll get prepared 
for the game on Saturday. We'll talk about the pros and cons of playing against the Houston Texans as well as what our predictions are moving forward. Ravens start off with eight and a half point favorites. Don't love it. You know how I feel about big spreads, Cordell. Not a fan. Uh, so it will be interesting to see where this moves to as we go along during the week. So we want to thank you all for listening from Cordell to me. This is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.